welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We are excited that you are joining. I am Tanya. And I'm Michael. And we are going through a mini series of the Beatitudes. So I'm excited that you guys are here to listen. And if you listened to the last podcast, we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God, Matthew 5, 3. So we're continuing on. So Michael, do you want to get us started? Yeah, if you recall from last time, this the Beatitudes is the first part of a very important sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus got on a mountain and taught his disciples the Beatitudes. These should be your attitudes. This is what how you can reflect God's character, his attitudes, and his actions. And if you do so, you shall be blessed. Makarios in the Greek, meaning prosperous and happy and good fortune, good things will happen to you and you'll be happy and blessed if these are your attitudes. And the first blessedness was beatitude was blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are poor in worldly success, but rich in heavenly success. Like Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. We are to be rich in heavenly success and heavenly-minded versus seeking after worldly success with, with all our heart. Not that worldly success is bad, but that's not our focus. That is the result, if anything, of, of being blessed because our attitude is one of being poor in spirit and seeking richly to go after heaven and God's kingdom and having that attitude with all our relationships with God and with family, uh, as well as passing on that attitude to the next generation. Awesome. So let's get into Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It seems kind of an awkward statement. Blessed are those who mourn. I mean, this came out of the mouth of Jesus, our Lord. He's saying, happy are those who mourn. That is kind of hard, right? When we're mourning, when we're facing situations that are difficult, seasons of adversity or death or illness or anything, it seems like, Lord, why do you want us to be happy when we're mourning? So it seems out of place. The word mourn in Greek is described as deep loss and sadness. So you look at that and you're like, oh man, that just doesn't seem right. It seems difficult. And I love this quote from Josh Belvins. Um, he used to be a pastor at Chino Hills in California. Those who mourn in Christ can find comfort because the source of their comfort is greater than the cause of their sorrow. And that is exactly what Jesus wants us to have. Jesus is our greatest comforter in the losses that happen in this world. There's nothing that goes through his hands without him approving it. He is our God and knows what will happen in each of our lives. You think about Job and the devil himself sought him out, but he couldn't touch Job at all. He could not do anything unless he spoke directly to God and God had to approve the tribulation that would come into Job's life. And Job faced a lot of tribulation. And in that, I think about this beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are you, Job, for you mourned all that tribulation and you're being comforted by God. 
Almighty. Yes. And, you know, when you bring up Job, it makes me think of also blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. You know, to me, I think of empathy where you try to understand and empathize with someone else's emotions. And when you talked about Job, we're going through Job right now in our family Bible studies. And after Job had lost it all, his friends came over and visited him. And they were so devastated at what they saw at the condition and how sick he was and his condition. And they just sat with him for a week and just mourned with him and cried. There is such a great example of friends. They did not say a word for a whole week, just sat with him. There is an example of blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I mean, to, to sit there and mourn and with someone else who is sad. Sometimes you don't need to say a word. You just need to just be with that person and just cry with them and pray with them. It's when his friends started opening up their mouth that they just said all the wrong things that he did not need to hear. Some of their advice was really good, but that was not the time for advice. That was not the time for a lecture. They started off great in that first week where they just sat with him and cried with him. That was an example of an attitude that reflects God's character. Yeah, because we've got different definitions of mourn where we think about, you know, have a close family member who has died in your mourning, or you've got the situation with Job that he lost his children. He lost all his animals, his cattle. I mean, he lost everything. I can't even imagine how difficult it was in the mourning process for that. But also I want to look at us thinking about, you know, do we mourn the death within us, the sin that, that we had, we struggle because of the flesh, we struggle back and forth and sin is always crouching around. We're always seeking the Lord to help us. We are new creation in Christ if you've accepted Jesus Christ, but there's always the sin factor that comes up, right? We need to recognize the sin and ask the Lord to help us and address it. Um, we don't live in condemnation, as Paul says. There is therefore no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus from Romans 8, one, but we can't pretend that things are all well. We can't act like we have it all together. We need to make sure that we are around others, that we can share our, our situations, our seasons of life. Um, if it is mourning a, a family member, if it's mourning a sin that you're dealing with and you're really trying to root that out, but God wants us to really depend on him. Another great quote from um, Belvin's is, it is only when we sorrow over our own sin that we can know the comfort and joy of the cross. And I love that because that makes us become, it kind of relates back to being poor in spirit. And why did Jesus put poor in spirit as the first beatitude? And then Blessed are those who mourn. It's really interesting, the sequence of the Beatitudes, just looking at that to know, okay, we have to come with a poor spirit. We have to be bankrupt in heart. We have to be willing and ready. And then now we have to be able to mourn. Um, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And like I mentioned, there's different types of mourning, but it's really um, looking at our own hearts when we break fellowship with the Lord, 
when we um, desire to do things outside of his will, or if there are things happening in your families, there's battle. We have a battle and the flesh is definitely one that's hard to overcome. And that's why we need Jesus constantly. Here's another great quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. The disciples call becomes more and more visible. Those who mourn are those who are prepared to renounce and live without everything the world calls happiness and peace. They are those who cannot be brought into accord with the world, who cannot conform to the world. They mourn over the world, its guilt, its faith, and its happiness. The world celebrates and they stand apart. That is a really powerful statement to think about. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a martyr for the faith. So you take his words very seriously as he went uh, and died for Jesus Christ. His faith was big, believing that Jesus was real in his life and he mourned his sin. So I think, you know, if we look at the blessed are those who mourn for they shall be blessed. It's really a deep verse to look at. And it can be applied in the different seasons that you may be experiencing, but, you know, also mourning over our own sin and putting in uh, Matthew 5, 3, blessed are those who are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God, along with this beatitude, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. It's just a beautiful sequence and how the Lord did it. And Jesus spoke from his own mouth. So we know that Jesus had purpose in how he specifically addressed each of the Beatitudes and the priority of each one. And this makes me think also of First Peter 3, 7, that especially husbands are commanded to live with their wives with understanding as the more delicate vessel uh, that wives and women uh, tend to have more delicate emotions from a guy's perspective, deeper and wider emotions that oftentimes men do not understand so fully. And God commands husbands to understand that. In other words, to, to empathize, to mourn when she is mourning, to, to be happy when she is, is happy, to not necessarily give advice but rather if she just wants to be heard, just be there and be heard, just like Job's friends did with him. So I see a lot of applications with this, with just our everyday relationships, that this can be our attitude of one of just thinking about mourning with those who who mourn. That's kind of a representative sample of just living with somebody with understanding and understanding where they are coming from. So as we comfort those then uh, we will be comforted as well. Yes. And I think applying all of these beatitudes into our hearts, into our families and teaching them to our children are valuable. And it is something that we should really take into practice. And we love the beatitudes. We speak Spanish in our home and we have been doing the beatitudes now for a year. And we're also teaching um, some of the Spanish children at our Spanish church, uh, the Beatitudes in Spanish. So we are all about the Beatitudes. <laughs> um, so with that said, we're going to end this podcast and we will continue on with the rest of the series of the Beatitudes until next time. God bless. God bless.